This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. It's a talking Tuesday, and we're glad to be talking at you. Thank you for coming over to us from wherever you've been. I know you've been dying to get to us. We're glad to have you. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. Well, South Carolina has an offensive coordinator, and – Dabo Sweeney is missing two key defensive players for the Shrine for the Shrine Bowl. I just came from the Shrine Bowl for the uh, Orange Bowl, and South Carolina loses two big offensive line commitments. All today, that's just today alone, as the um, the world continues to turn in college football here in South Carolina. Phil Cornblute, Pat Daniel. We are here at the Dave and Buster's Studios in downtown Columbia. And joining us from, are you in uh, North or South Dakota? I am barely in South Dakota, Phil. Uh, Gosh, about an hour just inside the state border here in Vermilion, South Dakota, where they got some snow here the past couple of days and are expecting more tomorrow. So there is a chance for Coastal Carolina fans who might be listening tonight, there is a chance that tomorrow night's 8 p.m. local time, 9 p.m. tip-off might actually be bumped up earlier in the day just to avoid some issues with the weather later on tonight because after we play, we got in here about 1 o'clock Eastern time, midnight local time last night, and after we play tomorrow night, we are driving back to Omaha to get on the plane bright and early Thursday morning to head back home. And I just wanted to right off the bat apologize to both Clemson and Carolina fans. I did not realize me leaving the state would also incur an exodus from both of those programs as well. <laughs> I didn't realize I had that kind of power. <laughs> it has been, uh, it has been uh, uh, the, the, the barn doors opened up and the, the horses are, are racing out. All right, let me update everybody. And I've been traveling. I, I went up to Clemson today for Dabo Sweeney. We'll hear from him. And, of course, coming out of Dabo Sweeney today, the news that Miles Murphy is headed to the NFL, he's not going to play. He becomes uh, historically the first opt-out for Clemson since opting out became a thing to do for college football players. So, Miles Murphy, the very talented defensive end for Clemson, opting out, going to go ahead and focus on the NFL draft. He's expected to be a first-rounder, of course, maybe a high first-rounder. Mm-hmm. And you had to like his career at Clemson. He had uh, 35 games, 116 tackles, 36 tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks. So he was uh, he was quite the contributor. And then uh, linebacker Trent Simpson, he's going to miss the game with an ankle injury. He re-aggravated that in the ACC championship game. And Sweeney also said Simpson will be releasing some news soon about his future plans. He said he knows what it is. But he did not share it with us today, and I don't know that anything has come out. Uh, if y'all have seen anything, let me know. 
I don't know if anything has come out since I left Clemson and went to the Shrine Bowl, uh, which, you know, the way he handled that kind of leads me to believe that uh, he's coming back, Simpson. But I could be totally wrong on that. I haven't uh, seen anything come out since this afternoon. So that's the two big pieces of news from uh, the Clemson way about Murphy and uh, the injury to Simpson and whatever pending decision uh, he's going to be revealing. I'm looking at his Twitter page right now, and um, there's nothing new on there related to that. So that still seems to be uh, hanging over everybody. And then, you know, South Carolina this afternoon announced that uh, they have hired a new offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and it is the gentleman from Arkansas, Dowell Logans, offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach. And he brings a lot of NFL experience to the staff. The last two seasons, he worked at tight ends at Arkansas. Before that, 16 NFL seasons, including seven as an offensive coordinator and a quarterback's coach. And off the top of my head, if I can recall the stops, there was Chicago, there was Cleveland, there was the Jets, there was the Dolphins. Am I forgetting any? Oh, the Browns. There was the Browns. So not exactly the upper echelon of the NFL when he was there, but a guy who was in demand, apparently, in NFL circles. I know there's been stories written about how he was considered the worst play caller in the NFL and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, Beamer likes a guy with NFL background and feels like that's the way to go for his offense. And so this is this is where he's headed. This guy... I give him credit, Dowell Loggins, and I think Beamer probably sees a lot of himself in Loggins' background. This was a guy who was, uh, he's 5'6", he's not a big guy, Beamer's not a big guy, Uh, he was a walk-on at Arkansas, Beamer was a walk-on at Virginia Tech, Um, you know, they both played at the schools that they grew up loving, Beamer because his dad was the head coach at Virginia Tech, and Loggins because um, he's from Arkansas. And they both lived out their dreams of playing for their their favorite schools. Uh, so he is uh, coming to South Carolina. Uh, the reception, if you go by what people are saying on message boards and what they've said here, you know, the reception is equal to sort of like, uh, I don't know, uh, having a being scheduled for a colonoscopy. That's about <laughs> as excited as – I had one guy that I, I talked to for a long time with a, a longtime friend – Kind of a source as well sometimes. Huge Gamecock. Huge Gamecock. And I mean, look, you can't put everything on this one conversation. But we talked about a whole bunch of different stuff. But he said one thing in our conversation that stuck with me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to say this tonight. And he's telling the truth. He said, the fans aren't happy about this. Beamer's not listening to the fans. And he needs to know, this person said this, that we, the fans because of NIL, we're the owners of the team. And you had better listen to what we're saying, whether it's on message boards or talk shows, emails to the athletics director, emails to the football office. We're the owners of the team. And that just sort of struck me as, you know what? He's right. The fans who are being asked to give money, who are giving money in large sums – They are the owners of the team. And if they don't get what they want, you know what they do? 
They keep their money. And in today's sure. world, and it's becoming clearer and clearer to me, for the top players, it's a true bidding war. It is a true outright bidding war all across the country. And if you want to play with the big boys, then you're going to have to pay like the big boys. And the question is, are you going to make that commitment? Is your fan base going to make that commitment? So keep that in mind as this all plays out. Also, the USC board. Let me give you this. Let me give you this real okay. quick. The board of trustees approved a three-year deal for Loggins at a million per year. That's a hundred thousand more per year than what uh, Satterfield got. And the board approved a raise from two sixty-five to seven twenty-five for special teams coordinator and associate head coach Pete Limbo. Of course, special teams unit was was outstanding. Um, a little bit more real quickly here on Loggins. Coaching experience. Okay, he was with the Cowboys as a scouting assistant. He was with the Titans. He was with the Browns. He was with the Bears, the Dolphins, the Jets, and most recently with Arkansas. And I think totally deserved of that raise. I mean, uh, I saw where Ray Tanner said he's hoping that means he's the highest paid special teams coordinator in the SEC. I think he probably should be the highest paid special teams coordinator in the country, Phil, based off the fact he had the best special teams unit in the country this past year. But back to your friend's point, that's all well and good. But are these also going to be the same fans that come back and apologize and add more money into the coffers if Beamer's right? Yes, on, on logins? Yes. I they mean, are they going to? No, you won't see a word. You won't see one person come out and say, I was wrong about this. I'm glad they're doing well. It'll just be, I told you so. Nobody comes back to apologize on Twitter when they're wrong. Yeah, but they I mean, they'll stick they'll, it in your face when they're right. They'll give the money, though. They will continue. If, it, if it's working and they're winning and this guy's producing a heck of an offense, uh, they will give the money. They will continue to give the money to try to make them competitive. That's the world that it is now. And there's no, there's nobody being bashful about it. Uh, they're boastful about it. They're like, yeah, I'm giving this amount of money. I'm willing to pay this amount of money. I was told. Now this is, uh, I don't have this official, but I mean, I was told that, like, there was a signing recently, and they wanted women's basket, two women's basketball players, and it was going to be fifteen thousand dollars per player to come to a signing, to do a signing. And instead, they got like four or five football players for a, a lesser amount. The, the point being that the women's basketball players are the highest earning NIL uh, athletes, highest their highest earning athletes getting NIL on the campus, that Boston commands about 25000 per appearance. Wow. This is what I'm being told by a fan who's a – I know this person, and I know that this person is a longtime contributor, fan, insider-type person. So uh, my point is is that there's money being tossed around out there in gobs to these, but his point to about these players. Owning the, his part about owning the program is totally false because you, I, Pat, and everybody else knows TV owns these college programs. And until the fans start generating nearly as much money into the programs as the television partners do, coaches shouldn't listen. Whole, they should listen to their fans, but they shouldn't make coaching decisions based on what the fans are saying. These are Gamecock fans but, who pro probably 90% that were against the hire could not have told you who he was two weeks ago. But this is the problem. You're, the money that the schools are getting – 
from TV is not going to the players. That's going to the coaches. That's going right. to facilities. The money coming from the fans, that's what's going directly to the players. And that's why the schools are panhandling to the fans. We need you to give more money. It's not enough that you give for scholarships. It's not enough that you give for updating facilities. Uh, we need now, you've got to give, and you got to give in big money for us to be able to show this quarterback that he can come here and make $250,000 a year. If, he, if we don't, then Georgia is, or Alabama is, or Clemson is. That's the, that's the panhandling job that athletic directors and officials now have to take. I call them panhandlers. That's what it is in my mind. They're yep. panhandling. No, They're begging for money. And, yep. But that's the system that they have all created for themselves. And um, it's a swamp. You talk about the swamp in politics in Washington. This is a swamp is college athletics you know it's really it's really really piss poor what they've uh, what they've created out there okay um let's hit the uh, let's hit the break and then let's get to your phone calls the number is 888-898-2525 south yeah, so carolina something in real quick yeah I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but i just got this message i wanted to pass it along coastal's game tomorrow night has been moved up to now a 6 p.m local time uh seven or excuse me a 7 p.m tip-off as opposed to 8 o'clock local time, 9 p.m. tomorrow night due to the weather. I just got that message out. So, Coastal fans who are interested, that game tomorrow night here at South Dakota has been moved up two hours. To just just how weather. cold is it in South Dakota right now? It's actually not bad. It's about 38 degrees outside and rainy. Now, we got lucky because I looked at the long-range forecastville, and next Thursday the forecasted – now, this is the forecasted high here mm. in Vermilion, minus one. Hey. That's the high, not the low. Chris, while we're on the subject, before we lose you tonight, uh, do you have any update on South, uh, excuse me, South Dakota's head basketball coach, Eric Peterson, and his recovering from his injury that caused have him to not, miss the game over not, the weekend? Have not. I have not gotten the game notes from their group yet because of uh, they were waiting to uh, make sure the uh, game time was what it was before they sent those out. So I, I do not have an update on him. I actually fell, it appears, decorating his home for Christmas last week. Now – Speaking of Coastal, and we'll go to the break after this, uh, this was on FBS schedules. FB schedules, FBS schedules. Coastal Carolina and Liberty adjust future football series. <laughs> interesting, interesting, huh? Did you see this story? I, I did, I did. Yeah. So this is according to Coastal's uh, athletic website. Coastal and Liberty were scheduled to play a total of five games between 23 and 29. The 23 matchup was dropped when the Flames officially announced their non-conference schedule back in July. And then per Coastal, the 24 contest with Liberty has been rescheduled. It'll now be played in 2030. Additionally, the game will now be a home contest for Coastal. Games in 27, 28, 29 remain as scheduled. Okay, so they will play in 27. Well, maybe by then Grayson McCall will have finished his career at Liberty. And uh, and perhaps Jamie Chadwell will have, uh, will have as well. Moved on to uh, bigger things. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, let's uh, go to the break, and we'll come back and take your phone calls. 888-898-2525 is our phone number here on Sports Talk. If you couldn't get through last night, we'll take your calls tonight. We'll hear from Dabo Sweeney uh, a little bit later on. His thoughts from earlier today coming up, and we'll be back. 
When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. It's been such a busy day. I forgot to mention the other big story is that it became official today that uh, Clemson uh, picked up a commitment from Dutch Fork running back Jarvis Green, the Shrine Bowler. He announced today for the Clemson Tigers. We'll talk more about that in recruiting coming up. And our phone number, 888-898-2525 is the number. Looking forward to getting to your phone calls. That's our South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, more than $160 million in lottery proceeds have been used to fund South Carolina Hope Scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at seducationlottery.com slash education wins. And playing for fun is a win for education. We come to you from the Dave & Buster Studio here in Columbia. Tonight, eat, drink, play, and catch the big games. Tonight and all season long, Dave and Buster's in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Let's get to your phone calls. Hear what's on your mind tonight, and we'll update some other things as we move on through the program. And we go to a Tiger Brian in Lancaster to get us started tonight. Tiger Brian, how are you? Welcome in. Man, I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Tonight? Man, we're doing great. It's great to have you. Hey, I'm gonna tell you what. You know, hey, uh, Mike Leach, hey, coach, who died. No, man, hey, he he was a character. I enjoyed listening to him on his, you know, after the game or whatever. You know, he Bigfoot, UFOs, and all. <laughs> he was a character for college football. We're gonna miss that type of people. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. That's just so sad. I, it turns out that he had a, a heart condition of some degree. You know, when a, when a young man of 61 suffers a major heart attack, I mean, you kind of search and question. There's got to be something going on in the background, and apparently he had a, a heart condition of some type going on, and 
something happened on Sunday, of course, that that brought it to an end. But yeah, it's a that's a terrible, terrible loss for college football, sports in general, quotable, uh, a football genius when it comes to creating an offense, implementing an offense, running an offense, and he he created his a, a character. You know, he was a character. He was had a great. Uh, persona uh people love talking to him when he talked people listened so yeah it's a huge loss for everybody who follows college football yeah i'm telling you what man i kind of remind me myself sometimes the way i crazy at times you know mm. yeah and people look at me like i'm crazy but i'll be talking I'm telling the truth well i mean you're a you're a character you've got a persona when you talk people listen you're kind of the same way. <laughs> you, come on now, you pat me on the back again now. Well, now. Tiger Brian, I'm just calling it like it is. I mean, you, you you could probably start your own show, your own network. You could probably be on television. You could probably be a swimsuit model. There's all kind of things you could probably do. <laughs> no, not no swim. Not, no. no. You're going a long way. You, you, you throwing me in the left field now. now. No. Come on now. No. Hey, oh, I'll oh, tell you what. We yeah. was at the Shrine Club, you know, we was doing the Shriner thing in Lexington this weekend. Me and Mark Baker, my rapid sign man, hey, we was up there. Hey, and you know what? They were saying, that's Tiger Brown. That's Tiger Brown for sports talk. Bill Combs, who loves him. I said, yep. <laughs> so, you know, hey, you know, hey they, they listen to me in Lancaster, and they love you too, man. You, I'll tell you what. You, you yeah. own Lancaster. You are the king of Lancaster. By the way, I uh, I saw the co- head coach at Andrew Jackson. I know oh, you're a big yeah. AJ fan. And yep. I yeah, met him. I, I met him for the first time at uh, the Touchstone Energy Bowl. He was there for practice, watching um, one of the players. And in fact, yep, the players. I got, got a player in the bowl. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In fact, his dad, the, the player's dad, was standing there, and I was talking to him too. And I said, "You guys know one of y'all's big supporters, Tiger Bryan from Lancaster. So they've heard of you. They now, know who you are." Yeah, well, so I worked at the school this was 31 years. I was there, air, air conditioning crew, heating there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know all them coaches yeah, come and go. And I don't know. I've been retired seven years now, so but I still get in contact with them. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Make sure they're doing the right thing down here in my hood. You know well, what I mean, look, if they need some <laughs> offensive input, they should come to you and – you can direct them. <laughs> hey, you give me a Christmas present on this show tonight. <laughs> That's thank you. Thank you very you much. Know, thank you, Tiger Brian. All, right. All right, my man. Thank you. All right, Phil. The mark of a really, really good radio show is when the uh, callers are more popular than the hosts. I give you that. I give you that. He is. He he dominates. And no, uh, no question. And I'm happy. I'm happy that he dominates. That's all good. All right, uh, 888-898-2525 is our phone number, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number as we come up on the bottom of the hour. We can continue uh, continue with your uh, phone calls on the other side. And let's see, from Furman, a couple of their football players named to the AP FCS All-American team, tight end Ryan Miller, offensive tackle Anderson Tomlin. They've been named to the team. Of course, Miller is uh, moving on. He does have another year of eligibility, but he's moving on to uh, get ready for the NFL draft. And Tomlin, who is 6'5", 301, he's a redshirt senior, and I guess he's moving on 
to something else, perhaps the NFL. Speaking of Furman, talked to a former Furman coach, current Anderson coach, Bobby Lamb, today on the sideline. We watched uh, some some of the Sandlappers practice. He's going to be with us tomorrow night to talk about his program, uh, trying to build a program from scratch. Uh, as he told me today, he was out there practicing recruiting. They're out there practicing recruiting because he knows, like he said, you know, the, the players in the Shrine Bowl, most of them are above their level. But uh, now the Touchstone Energy Bowl, he said, there are a lot of players in that game that they're recruiting that they'd like to have. But they're in the process of piecing it together. Oh, by the way, my goodness, Spartanburg High School, what have you built back nice, there? Oh, my gosh. What a high school from the outside. And then the football stadium is just spectacular. As nice a high school stadium as you'll find anywhere. Great place. Back in a moment. on Sports Talk. Phil Kornbluth, Pat Daniel here in Columbia. Chris Bergen, long way from the Bergie Palace. He's up in South Dakota. Great time to be in South Dakota. Got coastal <laughs> basketball tomorrow night. Vermilion, South Dakota. You said it reminded you of uh, Chesterfield? I think so. I was trying to pick some places in our states, uh, maybe Edgefield, some of the uh, farm country at Hackover in the PD through Lee County and Darlington County. Uh, a lot of flat land mostly covered in snow right now mm. uh, so i hadn't been able to see much of the town but at least the, the little bit around the hotel that i've been able to glean and coming in at one o'clock last night what i could see so yeah mostly farmland out this way all right let's get back to the phone calls 888-898-2525 south carolina education lottery lucky number here on sports talk let's see who's lucky in line to get with us next it's gonna be jay in greenville Listening to our affiliate up in the Greenville, Clemson area uh, today, 104.9 WROO. Great to be a part of that station. What a great lineup they have, and uh, we're just proud to be a part of what they do. Jay, it's great to have you with us. How are you? I'm doing great, but still, how are you doing? Terrific. Great to have you with us. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to say I love listening to you guys. I don't get to listen to you until I get off of work, and I'm about a 45-minute drive home, so that's just about every day I listen. Well, thank you. We appreciate that very much. Yes, sir. I've got a question for you concerning the South Carolina tight end situation. With a new coach coming in for the offensive coordinator position, and he used to be a tight end coach, uh, with Coach Jody Wright there currently, who is the tight end coach, wonderful man, I've met him personally. Um, South Carolina losing three tight ends already, and they'll lose the fourth one after the bowl game with Atkins leaving. Where does that leave South Carolina, number one, in their tight end that they currently have? Number two, what tight ends do they have coming in, whether it be through the portal or possibly from high school? And do you know if they're looking for any more? Great questions, great questions. So the current depth chart for them at tight end after who, after the departures are, are scratched, you've got Nate Atkins, you've got Jesse Sanders, and you've got Xavier Short. Those are the three right now that I that I count as tight ends. And then uh, 
as far as who's coming, they've got two committed. Connor Cox out of Jacksonville, 6'6", 227. Cameron Sandlin, 6'4", 210 out of Anniston, Alabama. Those are the two listed as tight ends that uh, they have committed in this class and who are expected to sign next week. Now, there is a tight end. I think his name is Trey Knox. I want to say Trey Knox from Arkansas who just entered the portal, John. And I don't know. There's some possibility that he might want to look at South Carolina with his position coach going to South Carolina. But it's too soon to, to know for sure. But that would be one. Outside of that, in the portal, I don't know of anybody else off the top of my head. Now, they are recruiting a tight end. He's a tight end slash defensive end athlete, Nicholas Harbor, out of Washington, D.C. But um, And they're very much in the hunt for him. But Maryland's all over him, Michigan, Georgia, LSU. He had a great time on his visit to South Carolina. Some have said South Carolina's the favorite. Um, he's talked very highly about South Carolina, but it's still too soon to know for sure. But that's a possibility in this recruiting class as well to uh, to get him. So that's kind of how well, it stands right now. Okay. What about there's a tight end at Creekville High School. Um, he's not a two- or three-star tight end, but he favors South Carolina quite a bit. He's got a lot of good talk from Coach Wright and I believe the, uh, uh, Coach Tinsley, I think is his name, who helped uh, when at, uh, Coach Atkins was out for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard any talk about him? I have not. What is his name? His name is Cameron. Uh, I believe his last name is Perfader. He's 6'2", 230. Uh, I've heard people say that he is exactly like Nate Atkins, except a little bit. No, not quite as big as Nate, but, you know, they can put weight on the problem. Actually, I've heard the name. I've seen some tweets of his. I think we might follow him on Twitter. So I have heard the name, but I don't know of anything going on with him and and South Carolina. Let me give you a couple of others the Gamecocks have been involved with. C.J. Dupree, the transfer from Maryland, they've offered him. He's supposed to visit. He has said he's going to visit South Carolina this coming weekend. He was at Alabama last weekend. Crimson Tide wants him, so that'll be tough. Then there is Reed McKeska out of Texas, who's been committed to Miami. South Carolina's continued to recruit, and he has had some interest. And if he's going to visit, it would be this weekend, but no no confirmation on that at this point. So those would be a couple of others that they're, they've been involved with. Okay, so South Carolina has three tight ends. Uh, well, Nate Atkins is going to be leaving, correct? So Cor- that will take them down to two, correct? Correct. And then they have two that are committed. They haven't signed, but they're committed. Correct. So that would take them to four if they signed, and then they still got some quote-unquote offers out to other guys that they're just kind of filling out to see what would happen with those. That is correct. And there's another tight end. There's another tight end from Maryland who has committed for a PWO offer. So they've got him coming in as well. Okay. All right. Well, that just kind of gives me an idea of where they might stand with some of that situation. Yes, sir. We thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Good Phil, to hear from you. Phil, just to add, I, I got curious, and I'm looking at Arkansas's uh, transfer portal tracker, and yes, tight end Trey Knox. We mentioned that last night, again tonight. He has entered the portal. A second tight end from Arkansas, Aaron Outley. Looks like he was more of a reserve player. 
didn't see a whole lot of playing time, but he had a lot of a lot of big name offers out of high school. Um, just another name to track. You you might may think would come along with his coach from Arkansas potentially. All right, thank you for the phone call. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. We go to Andy in Columbia. Next up on Sports Talk, Andy, welcome in. How are you? Hey, Phil, Chris, and Pat. Let's not forget the Knox kid was originally a wide receiver recruiter by Step. So we got two advantages. I wonder how much Step. I got to believe that Step. He was his main recruiter. Well, no, no, no. I got to believe that um, Step and Connor Shaw had something to do with Loggins being high up on Beamer's board when all this was uh, coming, coming to fruition because, you know, Connor Shaw tweeted out, in response to negativity on social media about Loggins, he tweeted out, hey, give this guy a chance. He's a great offensive mind, blah, 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 blah. I, I played for him in the NFL. Don't, don't be so critical. And and I guess, you know, Step must have known him some from his Arkansas days, I would imagine. I'm sorry, go ahead. He knew him from um, – Connor played with him in Chicago. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Wait, yeah, I think or so. Was it Cleveland? Connor was in um, – he was in both of them. He was in Chicago and he was in Cleveland. I, I'd have to go back and match dates and see where they might have crossed. And I think this – I think that um, that Loggins came in when Step was leaving. He's been there two years and Step's been gone two years. Yeah. So I don't know how much real time they had together. But regarding Loggins, I mean, it's better than having Kenny Loggins, I guess, you know. So we'll see how, how he plays out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have had a Kenny Loggins, but, you know, talking Mike Leach. But then you'd have to bring a Messina in as well. Well, maybe. You know, I guess he could be the quarterback's coach or something. Who knows? Hmm. Um, talking about Most Mike people Leach. don't get that, I don't think. Most of our listeners yeah, don't know who Loggins and Messina were. Well, um, I don't mean Mike, Mike Messina, Mike Moose Messina of the Yankees. I don't mean him either. Now, Mike Leach, I don't know if everybody's aware, but, you know, he had a law degree. Also, yes. mm-hmm. that gentleman was very well educated, and I mean, just amazing. And the biggest crime I think that ever happened to Mike Leach is the Craig James situation that came about with his son. Remember that? Supposedly, Leach had him locked in a little um, um, shack out on the playing field, on the practice field, the Texas Tech. And that's the reason Mike Leach lost his job at Texas Tech mm. was because of that. And remember, after it, it all came out that it was BS, mm-hmm. and that's why Craig James was no longer part of ESPN. Yes, I remember the lawsuits and the accusations and the bitterness and the nastiness. That was pretty ugly. That was pretty yeah. ugly. It was real ugly. I think I'll Mike Leach. What. I think Mike Leach was universally loved in college football circles. I think that um, even the rivals liked him because he was just such a different bird and um, great personality, and he could just, you know, disarm you with his humor and his jokes. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I, I stood next to him the year that Clemson played Texas Tech in the bowl game in Orlando. I think that was under Tommy Bowden. I was there to cover it, and I met the Texas Tech bus at the, their hotel to, to get an interview with other reporters, with Leach. And so I'm talking to the Texas Tech media guys, and they're saying, you know, this guy is going to 
he's going to be different than anybody else you've ever talked to or heard from. And sure enough, he was. He got off the bus, if I remember correctly. I think he was dressed in all black. He was wearing these really good-looking, expensive black boots, cowboy boots, you know, Texas through and through. And he was different. He was definitely different. And, Andy, to your point, too, about Texas Tech, uh, Mike Leach never forgot about the money they owed him as well. He's, he claimed for years and years, as, as recently as 2019, tweeting out, quote, Texas Tech still has not paid me for 2009, roughly $1.6 million, after firing me based upon false allegations. Hmm. Now officers at Tech are refusing to release the documents and memos. What could they possibly be afraid of? Proof of their false and slanderous smear campaign? The public has a right to know. That was the 2002 Tangerine Bowl, by the way. That was 20 years ago. And, and, and Texas Tech it, beat you. Clemson 55 to 15. Remember that, Pat? 55 to 15. Well, that's not as good as the Orange Bowl against West Virginia, but we won't go there. Mm. But you know what's, gonna, what's really ironic is where Mississippi State's playing their bowl game this year, the home of the Jolly Roger Pirate ship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a little play on that for All right. our, favorite, our favorite pirate coach there. Thank I you, just sir. love that he had the whole skeleton in his uh, office that he had a pirate's hat on and stuff like that. And then I heard one story he said, I think Dan Patrick asked him um, how he could come back to coaching after becoming a lawyer. And he said, well, his wife couldn't stand him around the house as much as a lawyer, and he wouldn't work as much, so he had to go back to go coaching. Go back to coaching. <laughs> his wife kind of made him go back to coaching. Thank uh, you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. And for any of our listeners who want to get a little more insight into Mike Leach, may have missed, you can find YouTube videos of of all the collections of of kind of one-liners he's done in interviews. But one I would highly recommend is looking up the time that he stepped in as meteorologist on a local news station and just hearing him describe the news, you will will be cackling laughing, I promise you. In that game against Clemson, by the way, Texas Tech threw for 464 yards, 555 yards of uh, total offense for Texas Tech that day as they beat the Tigers on December 23rd of 2002, almost 20 years ago. All right, we go to the break, and we'll come back with more of your phone calls. we got Dabo Sweeney coming up. we got recruiting coming up for you, and, and more of your phone calls as well. Phone number 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. Chris, are you with us or are you departing? Chris had to leave us. Uh, The team was having their practice this evening. Gotcha. He's He's already departed. I knew it was uh, coming up. So uh, we appreciate Chris. And he won't be with us tomorrow night because he's got play-by-play duties. He'll be back with us soon. And we'll be back in a moment. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education, inventive, next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. 
South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. You know, it's getting a little chilly out there. Understand that. It is chilly. Chillier, but not that bad. But it's going to get cooler. But sooner or later, you're going to want to make plans for summer vacation. That's right. It'll be rolling back around sometime in the near future. But don't wait and miss out on some of the great locations that you can reside in for a summer vacation of a week or two or a month or longer. Give Jimmy Smith a call at pauliesvacationrentals.com. We were there last week. He's got a great business, great people, and they have their hands on locations all across the Grand Strand. Pauley's, Litchfield, Surfside Garden City, Debadoo, Georgetown. If you want to rent or you want to buy, just give them a call. That phone number is 843-237-4246, 843 843- Four, eight four three two three seven four two four six. Jimmy Smith, Paulie's Vacation Rentals dot com for your perfect beach getaway. Oh, okay. I know what the problem was. I did that. Yes, you did. I wasn't going to call you that on there, but yes, for any of our listeners who were unable to hear the stream the last, I don't know, twenty five minutes or so, that was me. I didn't realize by doing it in my laptop that it would actually mute the. Uh, the feed but it does that how about moving forward we let the producer handle the production how about that i say that with love sorry about that that's on me folks my my apologies uh back to the phones triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is the number bunch of folks standing by we appreciate your patience as we will go next to um they did that did that bruce in missouri where it's probably pretty cold as well bruce welcome into sports talk it's cold and windy and uh, rainy here it's just miserable weather but anyway mm. uh we didn't get any cutouts with you here um y'all were just in rhythm of everything after the commercial so everything was fine up here good anyway uh ty k when he uh hit the the receiver of the kickoff uh for the bowl game 
uh, Saturday. Can you can you describe that hit? He hit he hit the uh, runner on the uh, kickoff. Say that one more time. The kickoff for the uh, bowl game that the kid the high school teams played. Okay, the touchdown energy bowl. Ty Cade, Ty Cade hit hit the runner that received the ball on the kickoff in the second half. Okay, and he he it made him fumble the ball. Yes. Yes. Well, tell me how hard he hit that guy. <laughs> Well, uh, he hit him hard enough to make him fumble. Okay. Well, remember me telling you about how uh, Abbeville uh, uh, football players play? They make them they tough. Play hard, they they play make them tough. Zone. They make them tough. Yes, they do. They make them tough. And that's what I was raised on. Yes. All right. Now, um, we don't. Own, I don't own Clemson University. I volunteered my energy to pull for them. I have never, ever owned thought about owning Clemson University. It's my college, and I'm, I'm a fan. I contribute my energy to see what Clemson's doing. I used to work for them as well. I wanted to work for them as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you Carolina fans are crazy. You don't own any – you don't own the football team. You're talking about – when you say you Carolina fans, of course, you're not – including the hosts here you're talking about who I was referring to earlier. Right. Yeah. I'm talking to the crowd. Okay. <laughs> you know? well, let's and just be clear about, about this. That's the whole difference between Clemson and Carolina. Y'all think y'all need to dictate everything to Clemson, that the dead gum uh, team is doing, and you, and you don't know doing this squat. Oh, Bruce, I don't know about that now. Have you looked at some of the things that people were writing on message boards when – the quarterback was struggling, and they didn't think the play calling was going very well. And I don't know about well, all that. Wait a minute, hold it. Why did why did they do that? Because they're concerned about the football team not performing like they should be performing. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. But they don't say they own the team. They didn't get. They didn't say get rid of Dabo or anything like that. They wanted to get rid of the quarterback. <laughs> You know? And the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator, and they want Dabo to change his ways. They want Dabo to be more aggressive well, they, on the they, NIL they, front because been, they perceive pretty, Clemson getting beat in recruiting because they're being well, outbid from an NIL standpoint. But I've been preaching Dabo's situations ever since he started the job because he was the lowest paid coach in the in the coaching uh, um, mm-hmm. team. You remember that, don't you? Right, and now he's like okay. one of the highest. They told, him, they told him, "You just be the be the head coach. You don't call no plays. You don't do anything. But you're the head coach. You're the funny bunny." Okay, well he's a, he's the funny bunny. Well, I mean, he would not agree with that. I think Dabo does uh, have an input on everything that goes but on with that football Dabo, team. Dabo, do not. You're not you're not calling any plays or anything. Oh, I think he calls plays. I think he calls plays, and I think he suggests defenses. All right. Well, I'm I'm telling you right now, he didn't do it. You had Chad Morris in there and Venable in there. What was he going to do? Well, I think there's input. I think in staff meetings, there's a lot of input, and I think on the sideline, things are run through the head coach. If not, then he's not earning his keep. So, and I think he has his input, and I think now even more. 
that those well, yeah, are, two guys are gone. He's got more input about what's going on. And, you know. Uh, he was a receiver's coach, right? He was. Okay. That's how, where he started off at. Now he's learned the job. He's earned to do something besides just, you know, being a figure, figure for a person, you know. But anyway, the, the problem was with, De, with uh, Dabo and um, the quarterback was the father of the quarterback was doing some uh, betting, uh, betting with, with things going on, and uh, he was controlling uh, the quarterback. The father was. All right. Let me go. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it, Bruce. Bruce way, way out there in Missouri and appreciate his thoughts. Um, hmm. Just got a piece of information here that somebody has shared with me and somebody who's pretty knowledgeable. I don't know the answer to this. If you heard anything about the NIL at South Carolina, it's called Park Avenue. Have you heard about that? The NIL at South Carolina called Park Avenue. The NIL at South Carolina is on pause from the NCAA, and that's why players are transferring out and leaving. You know anything about that? I mean, I don't know the first thing about that. I don't. I'm trying to read about it now, but that's the first I'm hearing that name, I believe. I don't know anything more other than that, and I don't know exactly what all that means on PAWS, NCAA, et cetera, et cetera. Here's something. South Carolina partners with ESM on Park Avenue NIL subsidiary. Yeah, I mean, that's when they first created the deal. Um, I don't know. We'll have to look into that and see what's up. Why would something be uh, on PAWS at South Carolina from an NIL standpoint? Don't know the first thing about that, but... Got a little tip on that from somebody who I think would know what they're talking about. We'll see what else comes of that. We'll continue after the break. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, so this thing with Park Avenue apparently is something that is not real new. Ray Tanner talked to the media today after the board meeting to discuss the hiring of logins and the Pete Limbo extension. And question was asked about Shane Beamer extension he said ongoing conversations and other assistant coaches as far as their contracts and there was a question asked on the nil front and park avenue and this was written by colin taylor of gamecock central or transcribed by him the answer his answer was to the question about the nil and park avenue and his answer was as follows as you know there are other collectives park avenue even though the ncaa did technically put them on pause they are still a vehicle they can recommend to other collectives of what we're doing here i don't think it slows down very much at all 
but we're certainly trying to move forward in the NIL field as other schools are too. So, end of quote. So that's all I've seen of that. I hadn't seen anything about Park Avenue having an issue from the NCAA. The person who passed this on to me said, NCAA has, uh, let's see, said, um, uh, still on, uh, the, the, the NCAA said it wasn't following the rules. I don't know what that means. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Did that lead to these players all of a sudden uh, transferring? Were they connected to Park Avenue and now they weren't getting something and that's why they bolted? I don't know. But uh, I don't know if you can tie it all in together or not. But that is what we can find out about that at short notice. Appreciate the heads up. Uh, back to the phones, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number right here on Sports Talk. So we go to Jimmy. In Simpsonville next. Jimmy, welcome to Sports Talk. How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Terrific. Uh, your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. <laughs> I like it. Loggins and Messina. That's a good so, one. Uh, yeah. So um, earlier uh, when you first started your show, you said something about two offensive linemen uh, in recruiting that the Gamecocks lost, but I've been in and out of my vehicle, so – I didn't catch who those guys are. Yeah. Isaiah Jetta, junior college offensive lineman. He's from San Diego. He goes to Snow College in Utah. He just visited Auburn. He just visited BYU. Auburn just offered him recently. And the other is Babalodi. Olawatusen Babalodi. Olawatusen Babalade from up in um, Maryland. They call him Tree. And he's been committed to South Carolina since the summer. And he said on his tweet that he just needed to kind of reevaluate some things, look at some other possibilities, and he was backing out of his commitment to South Carolina. And, Phil, he went to the same high school as uh, Marshawn Lloyd. I'm not sure if that means that there was a relationship there or not, but just to point out, they did go to DeMatha mm-hmm. Catholic High School together. I mean, look, this could all – this could all be connected. It's interesting. I don't know if it has anything to do with the new hire for the OC or not. Um, who knows? Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? These guys communicating and and telling well, telling each other this and telling each other that. Well, thank goodness we know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Ola Watasin Babalade. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like some of the Clemson players' names, like DJ Uyangalale. Uyangalale, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, I saw that Zach Pickens has opted out for the NFL draft. <laughs> I mean, I can't keep up with all these uh, guys taking off in South Carolina, either with transfer uh, portal or uh, opting out. Uh, so Zach Pickens has opted out, uh, you know, of those guys that went into the transfer portal, is there any that I've missed there? Uh, yeah. I mean, you've missed uh, Jaheim Bell, of course, who's committed now to Florida right. State. Uh, you've missed Austin Stogner, who's going back to uh, Oklahoma. You've missed right. – uh, yeah. And then, then you've got um, uh, you've got Jordan Davis, backup offensive lineman, who's transferring out. You've got uh, R.J. Roderick, uh, safety, who's transferring out. And you've got um, the backup cornerback, um, uh, what's his name? Backup cornerback from down in Florida. I got to look it up. But there's another one. He's a reserve. Um, He's a reserve corner. 
that is mm-hmm. headed that's that's put his name into the uh, into the portal as well. So uh, anybody after Marshawn Lloyd that you're aware of, I, I'm just trying. I, mean, I can't keep up with all the uh, guys leaving. Uh, let's see. Marshawn was yesterday. Was there anybody else yesterday? Was he the only one? Uh, the only other note I'm seeing from yesterday was just that Jaheim Bell committed to, to Florida State, uh, but does not look like any other Gamecocks have entered the portal. And I think you may have been thinking of Joey Hunter. Joey Hunter. Bell? Yeah, Joey Hunter. Oh, and Tyrese Ross, uh, backup safety. He, too, is is gone. So the ones that hurt the most, of course, Lloyd, Stogner, Bell, those three mm-hmm. hurt in terms of their, their major contributions. So as of today, according to on three – 1,244 are in the portal, 103 have committed, 20 have withdrawn. So 1,244 have entered the transfer portal since um, in eight days because it opened December 5th in eight days. Well, if we beat Notre Dame, Shane Beamer is a great coach. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that's how a lot of people will feel. Yeah. All right, guys, I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Great hearing from you. Appreciate it. Phil, to go a, a bit deeper here, because I got curious, if you go to Babalade's, uh, one of the two decommitments today, you go to his Twitter page, his his most recent three tweets, December 11th is him adding Coach Beamer, and it's a photo he shared of he and a, a number of USC coaches. Yeah, they were, just in for the, they were just in for their home visit. Yeah, two days ago. And then on the 12th, he retweets the on three note that uh, Marshawn Lloyd has entered the portal, and he did a couple of emojis, like the face plant emoji, and said, ah, man, and then a day later, decommitting. Yeah. That's, that's quite a three-day three, three day swing there. Yes, it is. Stay on the phones, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number here on Sports Talk. And we go to um, uh, Gary in Charleston. Is that right, Gary? Welcome into Sports Talk on this Talking Tuesday. How are you? How are you doing, Phil? Good. Good to have you with us. I just was wanting to see how the last talk was about. Ooh. Hey, Gary, we got a real bad sell. We're going to put you back on hold. And let's take one other call. And, and Pat, you can um, – did we lose Gary? Oh, yeah, but hopefully – Gary, if you're still listening, call us right back. We'll get you right in. But in the meanwhile, we'll stick around the Midlands. And uh, Hank in Columbia, you are next. All right, Hank. Hank, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing fine, Corn. Good. Uh, you know, I was calling about – you know, when I hear some people, and I'm not sure, you know, Carolina fans or Clemson fans are calling and talk about these uh, the transfers out. And I don't know if you saw there was a there was a story done that was on Twitter I think yesterday day before they talked about how the SEC teams were faring with transfers and South Carolina is for as much as some of our folk could complain we were the second lowest amount of transfers out since the season had started it was um, I, I believe it was um, I, I can't remember it was Vanderbilt or something had. Six transfers out or something that they counted up, and I think South Carolina had like seven, or, or it was seven or six. Mm-hmm. And then all the other teams, there was like ten, twelve, fourteen. I think Alabama had sixteen out. A and M had sixteen out. So I think it's just a product of where we are now, and every team is dealing with it. You know, I think some people run around here like the hair on fire when these folk are leaving. Well, I'll say, and you're right, but I'll say this too. You know, South Carolina is not a team with great depth and great overall talent. It's just not. 
and it depends on who you're losing. Yeah, a lot of teams can lose players, and they can withstand that and not really feel it. But, I mean, you know, South Carolina will miss Jaheim Bell. They'll miss Austin Stogner. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna but miss. That, they're, they're, and, I, and I'm not saying we won't. Mm-hmm. I, I they're gonna my, miss Marshawn Lloyd. I guess my thing would be, they'll find you know they have to find a running back to replace Lloyd, and they'll probably look at you know they got a really good one coming in, but they're probably looking the portal to get somebody that's one or two that are that are actually already ready made. And there's some good ones out there. Um, Stogner um, was very good, but by the last two to three games. I don't, and I don't know if this caused him to go back or not. You know, his targets were greatly reduced with them trying to do what they were doing with Bell and the fact that, you know, Rattler had found his rhythm with Wells and the receivers. And so, you know, I, I think he's one that they'll miss, but he was one that I didn't, I didn't ever think he was going to be back for a second year. Anyway, I, you know, I, he wasn't one I was, I guess, was counting on two years. I actually thought this was his last year when he came in. Because <laughs> he was a grad student, uh-huh. and um, and then you have Lloyd. I mean, not Lloyd. Yeah, Bell. But it seemed like last year, for as great of the potential we always talked about Bell. Statistically, I heard Doctor Rick Rick Sanford talk about this. We didn't get a lot out of him because of how inconsistent he was used. So you missed the potential for him, but this year we didn't get the statistically we didn't get. Um, what we would have thought we would have got out of him. I don't know if it was, you know, the coaches couldn't figure out how to use him well. You know, he didn't look comfortable in the backfield. So I, what I'm saying is these guys are important guys, but it's not like – I mean, all the other guys you name, those are guys that even up in Clemson weren't on the field when freshmen were playing. They weren't the B.J. Paynes and the Bam, uh, that guy, the linebacker that played or the or the safety that played when Emin um, Warrior went out for a little bit. They're just basically they're basically guys that scout team guys, and and I think it's happening all over all over the country. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking since you brought it up. Arkansas's got nineteen in the portal. Vanderbilt's got eleven. I'm um, just pulling out some ACC. I'm sorry, SEC game, uh, teams here. Auburn's got thirteen. Now I'd have to go through each one to see how many starters are there. Kentucky's got um, eleven in the portal. So yeah, South Carolina seems to have a a lower number, but the ones they're losing are definitely, you know, impactful players. Uh, let's see how many Georgia has. Georgia has just one, one right now. Yeah. You got to think. Yeah, Georgia, well, yeah, Georgia has to get the one that has the one. Yeah. But, I mean, that will change after the championship game. After, right. They still have after games the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Hank. Appreciate it very much. Uh, let's see. We want to uh, squeeze in one more before we hit the break. Do we have um, – the previous caller back who had to drop not yet but again gary if you're listening call back we'll get you right in uh but right now we are going to go up to spartanburg and it'll be nelson from spartanburg nelson i was in spartanburg man spartanburg has gotten so busy with traffic unbelievable and and boy spartanburg high school what a beautiful school they have built out there how you how you doing i was gonna ask you you, you think 140 million dollar high schools are impressive <laughs> Holy! Is that what they spent? One hundred forty million. One hundred forty million on one hundred ten acres, two different lakes, fountains, outdoor teaching, amphitheater. Well, I hope uh, those kids are getting a good education. Well, Spartan Spartan High has always been a great academic high school. But so, you killed uh, you killed a golf course to build it. Now that is true. Lanier, uh, you know that was going to be a huge uh, urban 
shopping mall center, but uh, the uh, real estate collapse killed that deal. So that's mm-hmm. how that property ended up becoming mostly Spartanburg High School. But yeah. uh, anyway, uh, when I was at Spartan High, we had 3,800 students, and that was just 10th, 11th, 12th grade. It's mm-hmm. uh, nowhere near that big now, maybe 2,200 or so, but with all the thousands of houses and apartments being built in District 7, that number will be skyrocketing again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're growing so fast. It's just Spartan, Spartanburg and Myrtle Beach are the two fastest-growing areas. Uh, we're two of the top ten fastest-growing areas in the country, and we have over 10,000 people a year moving in here. It's just unbelievable. The traffic changes every four to six months now. Yeah, uh, but it was a bear. But anyway, I, I got out of there. You know, I knew my time was going to be tight, and I finished up just watching practice. Practice finished about four. I was chatting with Bobby Lamb and some others. Hopped in the car, got back on um, what's the road that runs in front of the school out there by Hillcrest Mall? East, East Main. East Main. East Main. Yeah. yeah. Took that across town to get over to 221 to get to 26. And man, was the traffic just jammed on that side of town till I could get through town and get to 221. Then I could get on down the road. Yeah, it's even worse on the north side of town. The west side of town is head toward BMW. It's a nightmare. But anyway, mm. uh, this this whole situation with the transfer portal, uh, you know, colleges, universities are going to have to start fighting back. But right now, this is just uh, it's just a free for all. So they're they're going to have to put some rules in place to protect the product. Because if you don't protect college football, then it's it's all it's all for naught anyway. And well, uh, as it was pointed out to players, me, as it was pointed out, Alex Fish, yeah. as it was pointed out to me today. Your Clemsons and your South Carolinas and those schools are dealing with rules that your West Shepherd State gets to vote on. In other words, you got schools that have no business dealing with the rules that impact schools like South Carolina Clemson who are voting on those rules too. And so I think they've used the word the autonomy. These schools they need to get off by themselves and make their own set of rules that fit their needs and not the needs of other schools that don't play the major college football that they play. And they don't, those schools are creating rules that are are good for them, but aren't good for what fits the needs of these major schools. Well, here's what, here's how I see it. You've got these, these entities need to be protected. Uh, The universities, the players, Football itself, but also the fans, because the fans put up the money that supports college football. Without the fans, uh, you don't have college football. And right now, I've heard a lot of people that are mad that want their money back for, like, Gator Bowl tickets and stuff. They're saying, that we, I'm just wasting my money buying tickets, and then the team don't show up. So I think these transfer portals and stuff are going to have to stay closed until after the seasons are over, which includes bowl games. But if these players want to be treated like professionals, then I think – the colleges and universities are going to have to have them start signing contracts to come in. And then if they want to transfer, then uh, what what needs to take place is another school has to buy the contract out. Well, Nelson, you and I yeah. are of the same mind. I mean, I put out I put out the corn principles of running college football last night, and you've just, you've just hit on them, including I put eliminate the early signing period. Oh, and it was pointed out to me today, another reason to eliminate the early signing period is now you've got schools firing coaches early so that they can the new coaching staff can get in and start recruiting for the early signing period. If you eliminate that, that eliminates that need, which, you know, which is a good thing. And then 
like you talked about and what I talked about last night, a, a scholarship should be like a pro contract both ways. I mean, they are pros, as I talked about. Others have talked about. They're getting money, tons of money. Treat them like pros. They should act like pros. And you just can't – You you. I mean, it's just philosophical and it's commonsensical. You just can't up and leave your team. Can you imagine a pro football player just up and leaving his team and saying, I'm going to go play for somebody else uh, here in the next few weeks? It, it, it just doesn't happen because they're under contract. Yes, I know they're, they're pro athletes who leave their teams for a lot of reasons, injuries, personal matters that they have to deal with, but not because they want to go – and play for somebody else right away. They might want to play somewhere else, but they know they're under contract, so they'd have to be cut, waived, or traded, or retire, and then you know come back and then compensate the previous contract owners in some way. So I think a lot of these things have to be starting to be applied on the college scene as well because right now the players have all the control, and that's not going to be yeah, it, it, a successful recipe for college sports moving forward. No, chaos. this chaos, uh, I know it's new, but this chaos cannot continue. So I, I agree. I didn't hear you last night, but uh, put them under contract. You want to leave, and uh, you want to leave, then the other school get, has to buy you out. Uh, you lose a year of eligibility. If you, if you, uh, there's got to be some rules in place. It can't just be all the players uh, having everything in their hands and, and just destroying the product. Because if you destroy the product, then the players are no longer going to have. But see, here, here's the, the other, venue, and, so. and we got to let you go. But here's the other issue. The other issue here is right now, the only way to acquire talent in college is through recruiting, and the only way to recruit and to get players is to basically uh, give them whatever they want. Because if you school A, if you don't give it to them, school B will. You see what I'm saying? Uh, that's the recruiting game. Yeah, okay, you can't get that over there. Well, we'll give it to you over here, and we can do it over here. So that's that's the recruiting game now. And if that puts the pressure, the pressure on the recruiting is so intense to keep up with what the Joneses are doing, to give the players whatever they want. And if you put any, unless it's a mandated NCAA-wide change of the rules you know individually a school can't stand up and say i'm not doing this because i don't believe in it i think it's wrong well the school down the street could care less they're doing it and they're getting the players and all of a sudden you're looking for a new coach in two or three years because you don't have the players and it's the um, the recruiting game is the most <laughs> i mean it's the wackiest way of accruing talent that there is in all of sports when you think about it and at least the pros the the real pro leagues they have their drafts uh and you know now there's no way of course that the colleges can go to a draft i don't think you can you know you can't pluck a player out of high school and say you got to go here we drafted you that's not going to work obviously but um there are things they can do to refine the recruiting process make it make sense both in terms of the calendar and how you operate if they would just you know take a minute take a step back Try and work for the greater good and not for the individual school. Try and work for the greater good of the game and of the sport and come up with some sensible guidelines that will apply to the situation. But they won't do that because they're all out for each other. 
It's me, me, me. It's what can I do for my program? What can I do for my school uh, to beat the school over there? And that's the situation they've created for themselves. And they have no one to blame but themselves because they make the rules. They ain't, they make the rules. I mean, the NCAA, which is the presidents, which listen to the athletic directors, which listen to the coaches. I mean, that's the line of communication. They make the rules or the NCAA reps. So they could make these rules make more sense both from a calendar standpoint and from a um, process standpoint. So if you start implementing rules like that, how long until you see the players come up with a collective bargaining agreement like we see in professional sports? I think that would be the inevitable next step. Do it. But that might be a good thing because then we can, if everybody would come together, like you're saying, collectively and figure out some rules to make it fair for everybody, the players could still have a voice and still express what they want, how they want to get there, X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. The universities could all do the same. The conferences could do the same. It, it almost, again, we've said this for a couple of years now. It feels as though the cart was put before the horse. Um, yeah, the cart was put before the horse, and this was just really poorly thought out. And it was done so hastily, just such a rush. And uh, and now we really need to kind of back, take a step back, and figure out a way to make this well, work. It wasn't thought out well at all. And keep in mind too, besides your players and. When all this happened a couple of years ago, when the when the when the Supreme Court ruled what they did about name, image, likeness, and opened this whole thing up, what else did you have? You had how many hundreds, if not thousands, of outsiders rushing in yep. with these um, um, the collectives, right? I mean, they came out of everywhere. Everybody, it seemed like everybody you knew was starting a collective. It's a race to the courthouse is what what you call that in business. Is terms. that what you call yeah, it? Yeah. Everybody, it's like. For instance, there's a city allows nine new grants for housing community developments. Well, the first nine groups that get there and get approved, it's essentially a race to the courthouse. The tenth person loses out. Right. Same kind of thing here. How many NILs could realistically be successful for a Clemson or a South Carolina? What, two, maybe three? Well, if you're the fourth guy, you're left out in the cold. So it was all about getting there as quickly as possible, getting your name stamped, getting approved, and start making that money. To think that the best college football teams now are truly being bought and paid for by their fans. I mean, that's basically what it's going to be. And you might, you might say, well, they've always bought the players. No, they haven't. I mean, yeah, there's been cheating and there's been cheating in some places in, in large ways where certain players got bags of money, cars, the whole deal. We understand that. Okay. But I think that was pretty isolated individually and in terms of the schools. Now we're just talking about a free-for-all. And they're, and the funny thing is, is that the schools, really, they have their cake and they can eat it too because they're not having to pay the players. You are. And that's the part to me that's just so mind-numbing that you'll actually do it. I just, you know, but I guess you want to do it because you want your team to win and the only way to win is to pay the players as much as you can pay them. We've got recruiting coming up for you shortly. Dabo Sweeney coming up for you as well. Maybe get to some more phone calls here before we uh, wrap things up. Been a very busy show here tonight on Sports Talk. Right now, though, let's take a moment and welcome in Brian Rosefield, the athletics director 
at Ridgeview High School, just outside of uh, Columbia. Got the big basketball event coming up, the Bash. And he's got some great teams and great players. And that thing is coming up on us quickly. It begins in two days. Brian, great to have you with us. Phil, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We've been doing this for many, many years, so I'm excited to talk to you again, talk some hoops with you. Yes, sir. And, boy, this this event has just uh, grown exponentially since you started it, and you've really got some terrific teams and some terrific players coming in to spend a few days over at Ridgeview High School. Ten years with this event, and it's really been in, in place for longer than that, but you talk about, the teams and the players that we have coming in this year, and then looking back at the list of teams and players from years gone by, the, the event's been around long enough now to have multiple kids that have played at our beautiful gym at Ridgeview High School that are now playing in the NBA, Jonathan Kaminga, Josh Hall, Cam Thomas, and, uh, of course, everybody loves G.G. Jackson. Our, our our very own G.G. Jackson is doing great things for our South Carolina Gamecocks, but uh, this year's this year's group is, is, is loaded again. 13 teams, 10 games, three nights. Uh, it's it's going to be epic, and everybody can see, can check it out at thebashhoops.com. You got Ridgeview. You got Oak Hill, which brings your former coach back. You've got Huntington Prep, Great Collegiate, Augusta Christian, Dorman, always tough, North Mech, Lexington with Cam Scott, and Keenan, also Burns, Cross Creek of Augusta, and Westwood. So good mixture of local, local schools with talent, and out-of-state power programs as well. And that's what we've been able to do, Phil, just to create that maximum excitement with the showcase format, to be able to take, you mentioned Coach Stoneman bringing his Oak Hill boys down to play our our Ridgeview guys on a Thursday night. It's going to be an epic matchup. Everybody loves Coach Stoneman. Everybody loves Coach Staley, the job that he's already doing at Ridgeview, and to be able to have that matchup, it's going to be – it's going to be a great game, first of all, but it's going to be just a special night for our entire Ridgeview community. And uh, it's just, I get chills thinking about it, Phil. Mm-hmm. You talk about Huntington Prep, Dorman. I saw the the latest uh, South Carolina Basketball Coaches Association poll came out. We have three of the top four teams in 5A that are playing at the Bash with uh, with Lexington, Burns, and Dorman. Those, I mean, they're absolutely loaded. And, and as, as much of a football state as South Carolina is, to be able to have top talent within the state of South Carolina and then to bring in these national teams in Combine Academy, Oak Hill, Huntington Prep. You talk about Cross Creek out of Georgia. Uh, to be able to match them up with local teams and South Carolina teams, it just makes it a whole lot of fun. And we've been around long enough, too, Phil, to have kids that have been ball boys and been wiping up sweat hmm. when they were six, seven, eight years old. Now they're growing up to be able to play in the bash and it happens every year. I love talking to kids and talking. What you know? You you were you looking forward to looking forward to playing in the bash one day? Like, oh yeah, I can't wait! I can't wait! And so it's just it's just a special event. Our Ridgeview community really comes out and supports it. We pack it out, fifteen hundred fans every night, and uh, just can't wait to get it started. Yeah, and you guys are one of the first in the state in the holiday season to uh, get going with the the, the basketball. Uh, tournaments like this that have become so big all across the country kind of gives you a jump start on everybody. It, it really does, and we really feel like we we do a good job of, of tipping off, like you say, that basketball season here in the state of South Carolina and have a great events following all around the state and all around the country. And it's amazing to see really what 
what ESPN is doing with all these events that are around the country now and to see basketball continue to grow and grow and grow. And we're, we're glad to be a part of it and maybe a, a small, very large part of it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a special event. And, uh, like I said, we just, we roll out the red carpet to everybody that comes into Ridgeview high school. And we're very clear about the intent of the event. We want to take care of the players, the coaches and the fans. And we do that in a variety of ways with DJ. I am down there uh, spending music. It's not just, it is great basketball, but it's more about the experience of walking in the gym, feeling the energy of great high school basketball and just great, great energy in that gym. It's, it's a lot of fun. So tell everybody once again, are there still tickets available? And if so, how can they get them? Tickets are still available. If they go to thebashhoops.com, we're selling them online. We will be selling them at the door as long as they remain. The prices do go up at the door. So we would encourage fans to go to thebashhoops.com to go ahead and get those tickets. They are selling fast. As our promotion engine has been cranking up here the last few days, uh, they are flying off the shelves, and we do sell out. So, again, thebashhoops.com, they can see the schedule, like I said, the list of former players, uh, and get those tickets at thebashhoops.com. Hey, Brian, as always, we appreciate it. Have a a great tournament. I'm going to try and get out there myself and watch some of it. And, again, folks can go to the website, thebashhoops.com, to get all the details, tickets, schedule, and all that. Best of luck to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Phil. Thanks so much. Always talk, uh, great talking to you. Brian Rosefield from over at Ridgeview High School, 10th edition of The Bash. And should be a lot of fun. Uh, before we do anything else, we got to get to Dabo Sweeney. And uh, let's go to Dabo Sweeney and hear some few few comments from Dabo Sweeney. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, want to hear from him. The Clemson football coach, you heard of him. So today, uh, Dabo did a gaggle. Uh, which is like a group interview with the media, not a formal sit up at the uh, behind a podium or at the desk or anything. And we did it inside the football practice facility. And the Tigers were actually warming up as we were doing this. Players were going through some of their stretching and, and stuff like that. They actually uh, began uh, their bowl practice on Sunday, picked it back up today. They got exams going on up at Clemson, too, so they're having to work around that. He addresses all that here in his uh, opening uh, comments. So here's uh, Dabo Sweeney. Spoke for about 20 minutes. Uh, here's a sampling of that as we bring that to you right now here on Sports Talk. Normally when we've had this week, it's been dead period. And so it's really just been almost like camp. So uh, our guys are in finals. So we're having to meet and practice around finals and be very strategic with our time. Plus we got, obviously we got to recruit, but it's been good yesterday. We started Sunday and then yesterday was really just a, um, all of us, a whole staff day. Uh, we really didn't recruit, just full staff day, kind of get our arms around everything. Uh, had a player meeting, and then they kind of got going into their finals. Um, and then today and tomorrow is a combination of meet, finals, practice, recruit, you name it. And then uh, Thursday is a kind of a heavy final day, be all recruiting. And then we'll be done and pretty much all ball Friday, Saturday, you know, with, with, maybe some guys going out Friday night to see some basketball games and stuff. So busy week, busy time uh, to get to uh, uh, the dead period. And uh, we'll break out of Clemson uh, next week. Uh, guys, a bunch of guys that are already graduates, a bunch of guys that are graduating next week. Uh, we've got a graduation ceremony on the 21st, graduation on the 22nd. Uh, we will arrive in uh, uh, 
Miami uh, on the on Christmas Day. That'll be kind of you know when we kind of have our first team meeting once we break, and then and then try to have a, a normal week. Basically, Christmas Day will be like a Monday for us, um, and then try to have a, a normal week of prep down there. But uh, it's been busy, but it's been it's been really fun. I'm excited about um, uh, you know the opportunity. Uh, that we have, uh, you know, I'm proud of our team, you know, 10 and two regular season, a good year, um, a really good year and, and 11 and two and ACC champs, a great year. And, you know, we got a chance to be 12 and two and have a special year. So that's, that's really what we're trying to do is accomplish this last goal. And if we do that, it, it would be a special year, uh, but a lot of work to do between now and then uh, on and off the field. Uh, so excited about getting back going with some practice shells today full pads tomorrow we'll, we'll get a lot of the heavy lifting done this week and then kind of taper it down and really try to get the plan done before we get down to Miami um, and then you know when you get down there it's really busy you try to just polish so excited about that and then um, uh, everybody's here uh, player wise only one that, that you know is, is not is going to go ahead and go pro is Miles Murphy I think y'all know that already uh, has he put that out uh I'm not sure if he, he he's the only one not here, uh, but he's gonna he's gonna uh, you know turn pro and you know uh, excited for his opportunity. He's gonna be a great pro and, and certainly appreciate everything he did here and and uh, wish him well. But everybody else is here and, and ready to roll. Um, got a few guys in yellow today that you know one a couple of them just sick and and uh, another one coming off a little little minor procedure. Be back here in a couple of days so. Uh, in a good spot there. Guys are excited and, and ready to roll. And um, obviously everybody uh, heard the news about Coach Mike Leach. And, uh, man, just, uh, you know, offer our, our condolences and our prayers to his family, um, you know, especially his wife. I, I, I only had an opportunity to be around him on a couple of occasions. He was on a couple when he was – as he went, to, he he was at Nike school a couple of times, and he was on a couple of the Nike trips uh, with other coaches, and that was really when I had most opportunity to be around him. And, you know, just like you would perceive him, you know, hilarious, uh, great, you know, just a great perspective, and uh, you know, again, a guy that I, I haven't spent a lot of time with outside of maybe a social setting, but have always admired. Uh, I know a lot of people who who know him and have worked with him. Um, and uh, just a guy I've always respected because he, you know, he, he's one of the great innovators of the game and uh, one of those guys that believed in how he did things and really didn't, you know, he wasn't really, uh, didn't really worry about what everybody else thought. You know, he, he, he was he, uh, kind of a pioneer in, in, you know, the way he believed things should be done and, and didn't really waver from that. But, um, you know, just college football and, and, and football in general and, and uh, we'll, we'll miss him. And I uh, know he had an impact on a lot of people's lives, so really uh, just want to lift up his family. Coach, I guess with uh, DJ and Wiles out, you're down to the two hunters as backups. Um, how, how will you kind of divide up the reps there? Yeah, glad we got Hunter. Uh, you know, glad glad he, glad he came on board. Uh, well, he'll be our two, and uh, you know he's been the three all year, and, and he'll 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 just move up to two, and Hunter will be the three, and then we'll get Trent Pierman. Uh, a little bit more work. Uh, he's he's done a really good job on our scout team all year. Back-to-back -back Gatorade Player of the Year. I mean, he's, this is a kid that's got some ability, and and uh, so he'll he'll get a, maybe a little bit of work. But uh, so, it's what we got? Did DJ's decision surprise you at all? No, just... no, no. The only thing, I mean, he you know, it, it's just a, it's a product of the 
it's a consequence of the rules the way they are right now because he really didn't want to leave. He want, I mean, I knew he was leaving, whether he was going to go pro or, or whatever. He really, you know, wanted to go pro, and he, I think, has just come to the conclusion that he, he really needs another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his degree. He's graduating next week. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, so I, I knew I knew he was going one way or the other, uh, but he really he really wanted to finish. He really wanted to play. He wanted to be there with his team. He wanted to be, but the way the rules are set up, it doesn't really allow you to do that because you've got a very little small window here where he's got to figure out what he's going to do. So this uh, kind of is what it is. But and uh, you know, thankful for DJ and uh, you know, love him and appreciate him. I mean, we're you know, he, he's a graduate in three years. He's been one of the greatest kids that have come through here. One of the most respected players and leaders and. Um, I mean, just, you know, he'll be back for the banquet and all that stuff. But, I mean, he's a, he's a graduate of Clemson, and he's, he's a two-time ACC champion. And, honestly, we probably don't win the, the division his freshman year without him, you know, uh, stepping in for us and, uh, against BC. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we definitely don't, don't, don't get to uh, Charlotte this year without him. And uh, so I'm thankful for him. He, he's been a great uh, – uh, ambassador for Clemson and uh, you know just know he's going to do great things he's got a lot of great football in front of him and and then really obviously proud of, of Cade and, and how he stepped in and, and how he's how he's grown and developed and he's had a he's had a front row seat to really um, see the good and the bad of of what it's like to be a quarterback at this level and uh, so uh, excited to see him have his opportunity to get his first start on a big stage and and compete against a really good team. I know you haven't been around the guys all that much since the championship game. How do you think they've handled the transition? Because you know DJ was such a you know such a leader, such a beloved guy among this team. Uh, great. I mean, there's no. I mean, we just again just getting going uh, Sunday. They they had last week. They they all knew. I mean, you know, they handled it during the game. You know, uh, everybody handled it during the game. And so it's you know these guys are all competitors and they all understand um, the game and you know and Cade's an easy guy it's not like he's some he's some hard personality uh, he's an easy guy to to get behind oh Trenton's here but he's hurt Trent Trenton Trenton's not going to be able to play but it's not it's not because he's not here or going pro or all that stuff but he's he uh, he, he can't play he'd probably be ready in about three weeks uh, but that's probably going to be right about kickoff time or right after. So he, he, uh, you know, he missed the game. He was battling the ankle, and then he re-injured it in the in the championship game. I assume y'all saw him come out of the game, and I didn't think he was going back in to be honest with you. But he, he, he. Next thing I know, he's over there tapping me on the shoulder, saying, "Coach, I, I, I got to go." And uh, they rubbed some dirt on it, taped it up, and he and he finished. And man, I got a great appreciation for Trenton for that. You know, it'd been real easy for him to kind of stay on that sideline. And fortunately, he's not going to have to have surgery. We thought he might have to have the tightrope, but they don't think he's going to have to have surgery. But it's it's probably about three weeks uh, before he's going to be, you know, ready to play. And uh, so, uh, but he's here with us and all that stuff. And, and uh, but that's a, another guy that's not going to be available. Uh, he, 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 I know what he's doing. I don't know. Has he put anything out on what he's doing, one way or the other, Trenton? Okay. Well, I'll let him. I'll let him. I'll let him do that. Uh, so I, I don't. I, I know what he's going to do, but uh, I'll let him. I'll let him do that. What do you want to 
see out of Cade the next three weeks? And does anything change when he goes from the backup role to the starting role? A lot changes. Light gets a lot brighter, and and everybody's going to be rooting for the backup. Uh, you know, so you know your mistakes get magnified. You know, if you if you don't comb your hair right on, on that day, it gets magnified. Uh, scrutiny is gets a lot greater, and that just comes with it. Um, but you know, obviously, I mean, he's all we we rep our two quarterbacks, you know, equally. So he's always got. But now he's repping with all the ones. He's always gotten some reps, but now he's getting all the ones. And and you know, this he has to lead now. You know, from out front, as opposed to, you know, not that he's not leading, but but he's the guy. And uh, so there, there's a definite a lot that comes with that. But he's, I mean, this kid's been doing this a long time. Uh, he's he's well prepared and and ready and excited to have this opportunity. All right, comments from Dabo Sweeney from earlier today. All of our comments are up on the website, sportstalksc.com. All the comments from Sweeney are, are there. Tomorrow, 10 o'clock, it will be uh, Shane Beamer meeting with the media in a formal press conference setting over at USC to preview the start of their bowl practices on Thursday. And I'm sure, of course, we'll be talking about his new offensive coordinator. Don't know if the OC will be there, but Beamer will be, and we'll bring that to you tomorrow night. Back in a moment. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues, some other business causes your business to lose money, jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job, jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, hunting is very popular across the state of South Carolina, Major Downer. What things should our hunters be thinking about before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. Whether it's turkey season or deer season, hunters always need to be aware of their target. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty 
barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. All right, got to go quickly. Recruiting report brought to you by Seawells. Hope you can get over for the luncheon buffet tomorrow, 11 to 3. Seawells, right across from the state fairgrounds on Rosewood Drive, their address, 1125 Rosewood Drive. Put that in your GPS. It will take you right to it. Or just open up your nostrils and breathe in the aroma. That's better than a GPS. That will lead you directly to Seawells as well. 1125 Rosewood Drive, the daily luncheon buffet, 11 to 3 every day, Monday through Friday. And, of course, for the best in catering, that is Seawells as well. Their phone number is 803-771-7385. So Clemson got the commitment from Dutch Fork running back Jarvis Green, 5'11", 192. They offered him last week. He was a finalist for Mr. Football after rushing for 2,200 yards, 33 touchdowns. Virginia Tech also offered last week, but once he got the Clemson offer, that was that. He had been committed to James Madison, but Clemson had always been his dream offer. Said he loves the atmosphere, loves the culture over at Clemson, and they're very happy to have him in the fold. He says people compare him to a Travis Etienne type of running back. And the Tigers are expected to add a second running back next week in Jamarius Haynes of Alabama. He picked up an offer today from Coastal Carolina. Offensive tackle, Oluwatosin Babalade. Offensive tackle, Isaiah Jada, decommitted from USC this afternoon. Clemson is also in the hunt for safety Khalil Barnes of Bogart, Georgia. And he will announce on Friday, widely expected to commit to Clemson. Uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, he is choosing between Clemson and Notre Dame. Both schools have made uh, a strong pitch for him, took official visits to each in November. Clemson hosting the weekend of the USC game. He also visited Clemson for the Syracuse game and twice in the spring. Dabo Sweeney, safeties coach Mickey Kahn, made their in-home visit last Friday. USC commitment defensive tackle Xavier McLeod of Camden, Mr. Football for this year, has set this weekend for his official visit with the Gamecocks, he said last night. Committed the Gamecocks August 18th over Michigan, Florida, and Georgia. He has held to that pledge despite overtures from others. He indicated last night that his recruiting is over and he is set to sign with the Gamecocks. And USC target defensive tackle 
Elijah Davis of Wagner Sally and East Mississippi Junior College did take his official to Tennessee last weekend. Took his official to USC in October. He's choosing between the Gamecocks and the Vols. He plans to announce on December 20th. 2024 cornerback Emilio Agard of Philadelphia has Clemson in his final five, along with Michigan, Alabama, Tennessee, and Penn State. 2024 offensive tackle Blake Franks of Greenville was offered by Auburn. That will do it. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Let's get together tomorrow night, 6.05. See you then.